0: Hey guys, welcome to the Love and Cookies podcast. My name is Nick, and I'm sharing my story and encouraging you to live yours. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hey guys, welcome back to the Love and Cookies podcast. And Something I've noticed lately is that Christians, and I'm including myself in this, seem like we think joy isn't necessary or that it's okay for us to lose our joy we think it's fine to be mad and angry and to voice how we feel about it if you have logged on and checked facebook anytime recently you probably know exactly what i'm talking about especially if you live in a neighborhood with a neighborhood facebook page man those people sometimes just have no filter just throwing it all out there and saying how they feel and telling what they're angry about and what needs to be changed and the hoa needs to do this and those darn teenagers are at it again and whatever it might be it's just all over facebook all the anger and and the complaining and just throwing it all out there we don't think joy is necessary and here's what i want to do just to have a little bit of fun i'm going to say a couple of things and i just want to see how you feel so here we go. Donald Trump. Hillary Clinton. So there we go. You know, I could probably say those those two names and even some people listening to this that it might have triggered a change in how they feel. You can definitely say those names in a crowd and you know you're going to get some reactions that are not very joyous ones. Holman's Illustrated Bible Dictionary, it defines joy as a state of delight and well being. I think that some of us would argue that it's, it, it is impossible for us not to lose our joy. It is impossible for us to stay in that state of delight and well being. And trust me, I, I get it. As I was preparing for this, you know, I was in a car and I was behind somebody and the light turned green. And they sat there and didn't move. And the light was still green and they still weren't moving. And finally they got a clue and started going through the green light just in time for it to turn yellow and red on me. And I had to sit through another light cycle. And just as I was getting ready to voice my frustrations into the windshield, I realized the irony of what was happening. I realized I was getting ready to let that car steal my joy. And so trust me, I get it. I get that we might think it's impossible to not lose our joy, but I believe that the Bible tells us otherwise. If we look at John chapter 16, starting at verse 20, it says, I'll tell you the truth. You'll weep and mourn over what is going to happen to me, but the world will rejoice. You will grieve, but your grief will suddenly turn to wonderful joy. It will be like a woman suffering pains of labor. When her child is born, her anguish gives way to joy because she has brought a new baby into the world. So you have sorrow now, but I will see you again, then you will rejoice, and no one can rob you of that joy. Jesus compares it to the pain of having a child versus how happy the mom is as soon as that baby is out. And he tells us that, you know, there's, no one that can rob us of that. And, you know, I've never personally been through childbirth, but I hear it is just one of the most excruciating pains in the world. There's not any women I have met that just absolutely love going through labor. But at the same time, all those moms say that the minute they got to hold their child, the minute that, you know, the childbirth process was over and that baby was there, like, everything was different you know I can just remember just the overwhelming sense that I had when Zeke was born just how happy I was just how much love how much joy there was in me I wasn't even the one that went through that so for a woman that's just gone through childbirth and then you know to have that that's what Jesus is saying like that that's what's going to happen and he says that that joy just like how a mom feels when, they, when that baby is there, that joy, no one can rob us of that. But we might ask, do we need joy? Is joy really that important? Is it really that big of a deal if I don't have joy for a little bit? Like if I temporarily don't have that joy, is it really that big of a deal? Have you ever been around someone that just is never happy? I'm sure everyone right now can just think of a person that's like that. And do you like to be around that person? I can remember I I used to work at Sonic, and there was this lady, I would open the store, and there was this lady that, you know, almost every morning she was there, and she would get a ham, egg, and cheese burrito. And every morning, you know, when I'd hand her the burrito, out the drive-thru window would always be like, hey, how's it going? And most people will just kind of say, oh, I'm doing okay, you know, I'm fine. Eh. This lady would usually respond, she'd be like, awful. Could be better. I have to go babysit the brats again. Well, I'm still breathing. All of her <laughs> answers were just always really negative. Like, I don't know that there was a single time she had a positive answer to my question. I don't know much about her other than she always had a negative answer and got a ham, egg, and cheese burrito. But I was just like, man, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't live like that. Like, I don't know that I could stand to be grumpy all the time. I think that having joy is important, but you know what? I think in the end it really doesn't matter. So we should probably check and see what God has to say about it. In Psalm 100 verse 2 says, Worship the Lord with gladness, come before him, singing him with joy. In Proverbs seventeen twenty two, a joyful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. In Nehemiah 8, 10, it says the joy of the Lord is your strength. You know, the word joy is used over 150 times in the Bible. Clearly, joy is important to God. If the word's in the Bible that much, like, it's pretty important to him. So the question is, If joy is important, and if it's important to God, how do we get that joy that we can't be robbed of? How do we get that joy that Jesus talks about? And I think the mistake that we often make, and the thing that God really showed me, is that we often treat joy as if it's something that can be found. I used to have a dog named Trinity, and when she was a small puppy, I accidentally fell asleep one night with her still on the bed. And I woke up in the morning and realized what happened. And I kind of felt around in the sheets to find her. And she was maybe the size of a shoe at this, at this time. Uh, and she wasn't on top of the bed. So I looked in her crate, and she wasn't in her crate. So I checked under my bed and on my floor. Couldn't find her. Um, I was just looking all over the place, and I just I couldn't find her at all. And I was beginning to panic. Like, where is she? You know, I, I just got her, like, maybe a month ago. Like, this can't be happening. Like, I ran in my bathroom. I ran in my closet. She wasn't in there. She wasn't in there. Like, I'm going crazy. Like, oh, my gosh, PETA's going to come and take this. You know, they're, they're going to hang me out to dry. Like, oh, my gosh, where's this dog? And finally, I was walking in my room, and I saw a part of my sheet moving Uh, the part that was tucked in under the mattress. And she was so small, she had actually walked under the sheets off the bed but didn't weigh enough to pull the sheets out from being tucked into the mattress and was just in this little cocoon on the end of my bed. And, man, I (laughs) I was really relieved to find her in that moment. But I think we often search for joy like that. We're frantically looking everywhere we can to try to find some joy, whether it's in that guy or that girl, or if I can make enough money, then I'm going to be happier. If I can get this promotion or if I can get this job or if I can get into this school or if my sports team does really well, you know, we all probably have somebody that you can tell whether their sports team won or lost the night before based on how they look the next day. But we we are searching, just like I was frantically searching for Trinity, we frantically search for joy and try to find it everywhere. But God is just really showing me that joy is not something that can be found. Joy is something that has to be produced. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. It's a fruit. The only way that you get a fruit is if it's produced by a plant you're not just going to have apples just springing up out of the ground or oranges springing up out of the ground or strawberries. Like that, That doesn't happen. The only way you get those things is if apples are produced by the apple tree. And so if joy is a fruit of the Spirit, then the only way we're going to get that joy is if it is produced in our lives. And so earlier I read the definition from the Bible dictionary of joy, but I only read half of it. The full definition of joy is actually the state of delight and well-being that results from knowing and serving God. If we want to have that joy that no one can rob us of, we have to know and serve God. Galatians 5 says, when it's talking about the fruits of the Spirit, it starts and it says, the Holy Spirit produces these kinds of fruits. And then it goes on, love, joy, peace, patience. So the Holy Spirit produces joy. And how can the Spirit produce joy if we don't know the Spirit? In Psalm 51, verse 10, the psalmist says, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence. Do not take away your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and make me willing to obey you. In Psalm 119, verse 111, it says, Your statutes are my heritage forever." They are the joy of my heart. So going back to my question that I asked earlier, you know, why do we need joy? Is joy important? We need joy because it is a product of having a close relationship with God. If we are walking with God the way we should, joy will be evident in our life. If we know and serve God, then the Spirit is going to produce those things in our life. Last year, my boss was pressed with this deadline to fill out an application for a grant. She spent most of the week, including some very late nights, in front of her computer, typing answers to all these questions, thousands upon thousands of words. On Friday, she finally finished it, she printed it out, and she took the grant application to the company. When she returned to her office, I I could clearly tell something was not okay. Okay. So I asked her what was going on, and she told me that she had filled out the wrong application. We had submitted grants to this company before, and we didn't catch wind that they had changed their application. So we were just updating an application that we had used the year before, and it turned out to be the wrong one. Now, thankfully, the company was gracious and extended the deadline to turn in the correct one and got her the correct one. But she had just spent an entire week working on something that was now useless. We couldn't even copy and paste into the new grant application. It was asking completely different questions. And so she had spent her entire week, spent all those late nights, spent writing thousands of words for nothing. And so in that moment, some of the staff and I, we just prayed. And uh, and we were just joking. We said, all right, God, like, take this wasted application and we're just gonna give it to you and use it for something Uh, and you know as tough as it was my boss was determined to not let that situation get her down she's like you know what this is awful but I'm gonna move on I'm gonna press on I'm not gonna be upset or depressed about it I'm just gonna choose to be joyful and let go of it about a week later my boss walks back into our office and she just has this look on her face and she's like, I've got a story to tell you. And I said, what's going on? And she told me that she went to our PO box to check the mail. And there's this envelope from a foundation that she had never heard of. And so she opened it up, pulled out what was inside. And there was a $10,000 check from a foundation that we had never heard of before It was a foundation that we had not requested money from. We didn't, there were no grants that we submitted to them, or we hadn't even had a conversation with anybody at this foundation. We didn't even know why they had sent us that check. But that $10,000 was exactly what my boss had written that wasted grant for. We were able to fund exactly what she had written in that other grant. So we can't allow our circumstances to determine our joy. Just like in that moment, my boss, like when she just found out that she had spent an entire week working on something that was useless, she didn't let that determine her joy. Instead, she let the fact that she knew and served God be the source of her joy. And God was able to take that situation and bring something even more amazing out of it. And so we cannot allow our circumstances. We can't allow what life throws at us to determine our joy. If we do that, then we are always going to lose it. Our joy has to come from knowing and serving God. In Habakkuk 3 verse 17 and 18, it says, even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the field and the cattle barns are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. How awful does that sound like what that person is going through? They've got no crops. They've got no animals. Their barns are empty and their fields are barren. Like if you're a farmer, you're doing a pretty bad job if you don't have any of that. If you have no crops and no animals and your barns are empty and your fields are barren. Like you got nothing. And yet they say, but you know what? I'm gonna rejoice in the Lord. I'm gonna be joyful. Because they're not allowing those circumstances that they are in to determine their joy. It says, I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. And so if we want that joy that Jesus talks about that no one can rob us of, it has to come from knowing and serving him. It can't come from all these other different places that we look. We're not gonna find joy. If we're searching for joy, we will never find it. We will never find that permanent joy that we can't be robbed of. We might get temporary joy, but there will always be something that can take it away. The only way that we can have that joy that no one can rob us of is if we allow the holy spirit to produce it in our lives by knowing and serving him and so i just want to encourage you guys with that let's stop searching for joy and let's just serve god and allow him to produce it in our lives thank you guys for listening to the loving cookies podcast you know there's not much better than a fresh baked cookie so go ahead and subscribe so that you can get new episodes straight out of the oven. And don't be selfish. Share them with your friends. Again, thanks for listening. Until next time.